the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. We've got another great show. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Uh, please go there and sign up for the Daily Wink, uh, what you need to know. And, of course, over at on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. Looks like Twitter, and I'm on Parler, at Ed Martin, both. Those two places, I hope Parler continues to grow, but Twitter is certainly where a lot of action is and a lot of people are paying attention. So please go over. As you know, I do a daily Periscope over on Twitter, uh, which is their video service uh, every day. Uh, it actually is at uh, 12 noon, high noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, feel free to uh, find that on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. And I'm getting ready to post it over on Parlor and other places, too. So uh, great to be with you today. Uh, we're heading into a uh, wonderful weekend. I myself, I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping to get um, out there and do some fishing. I'm not, when I was a boy, I fished a good amount, but I haven't done much lately. But I've got to get out there with my, my family and try to get ourselves at least exposed to it. See, sometimes you never know uh, who will be really uh, excited and, and energized by certain things. So sounds like a good summer uh, thing to do. So uh, keep an eye out if there's a place for you to go fishing. I recommend it. It's uh, therapeutic. Um, Now, what do you need to know today? You know, it's Friday night. All the news again is just a cacophony of news. You know, you just kind of want to kick back. You're probably going to watch some TV, watch some South Korean baseball. Uh, Well, they're getting closer to sports. But uh, it's true. Here's here's, kind of later on the program, we're going to talk with a young uh, journalist who is at the NationalPulse.com, which is an online uh, periodical, I call it, news site that's started by our friend Raheem Kassam. His name is Brian Allman. And he wrote a piece on TikTok. So what you need to know today is the power of social media is being illustrated by TikTok. So that's good. But you can't stop there. Okay, so what do we know about TikTok now? Tens of millions of people have downloaded it. It's completely controlled and owned by the Chinese communist regime. I, there's a sort of front group in there or something. But it, it had access to our American uh, uh, market by a, a great trick of the Chinese, which is they bought another company, an American company, and they, they kind of moved into the market. So now we have TikTok with tens of millions of users, and they're posting all sorts of data. But what the article will talk about later on in the program, the important thing here is uh, someone reverse engineered TikTok. And they looked at what TikTok was doing, and they realized that TikTok is, as a matter of what they're doing, the access they have to your phone when you download the app and say yes to the notifications that you must to use it, and you have it on there. The access, it really is a data-gathering site, a data-gathering tool. Now, that doesn't probably sound too surprising, but when you hear that it's the Chinese communist regime that's doing it, it makes you kind of stop, right? So you're saying, well, wait a second, are we compromising our national security by allowing this? Well, 
When Amazon.com, Amazon the company, said last week in a memo, all their members, all their workers should not have TikTok on their phone using their Amazon.com address. The reason why is they're trying to move uh, the action, the TikTok uh, data collection, away from their own company. So, you, oh, there's a, there's a commercial aspect. Well, is there a national security aspect? Well, sure. Why not? I mean, it clearly is. So the movement now is to ban TikTok. The question is, what under what um, rubric do we ban TikTok? Now, I'll answer you myself. I'll say we're in a second Cold War with China. So we have to act like we're in a war, a Cold War, not act like we're in a negotiation. TikTok doesn't have uh, free speech protection, commercial protection under U.S. law because they are our enemy. They are our Cold War enemy. That's how I see it. But I'm not the only I'm not the only one making decisions and I'm not the one leading on this. And too many people in in public office and high levels think that, well, we'll just get along. Maybe we'll get some assurances. We'll get some patches written into the code. It won't be a big deal. I don't know. I don't don't believe it. But here's where here's where, you know, where we are on this. And what you need to know is we have now had enough people across the spectrum saying we must stop TikTok. It's a data gathering uh, tool. It's an influencing tool. And we'll hear more from Brian Allman in a few minutes uh, for the Chinese communist regime. Okay, so there's consensus developing and I'm glad to hear it. And we ought to push through. And I think the only way you can get to the idea of banning them is to say it's a national security question. So we should. But that's got to be the way you argue it. But here's the backup. Here's, Here's another part of this. Here's the next thing you ought to know. What you need to know is if the power of TikTok being described so clearly by policymakers, by uh, other social media entities, by social, uh, excuse me, by computer engineers that have re, uh, reverse engineered and now, or, or ones that are looking at the reverse engineering. If it's so clear to everybody how bad TikTok is as a gathering tool and how bad it is uh, as an adverse for, in the hands of an enemy, why are we not having the next conversation, which is... Which other apps have control over us and have influence over us and have an impact on us? And it's pretty easy to see, isn't it? Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube. And, and though, although some of them aren't so obviously Snapchat, uh, Instagram, some of them aren't so obviously like TikTok, you sort of can see it, right? It's called TikTok. It's always videos. It's often people being silly. So you sort of see it easily. But if it's true that that app downloaded and used the way the communist Chinese are using it is bad for us, isn't it also true that these other apps are bad for us? And so the question becomes, what do we do about it? How do you do something if you if you get in the mail, the snail mail, uh, a newsletter from someone who is uh, particularly abhorrent? Let's say you get a newsletter in the mail from people who, you know, uh, hate um, uh, capitalism and they're and they're Marxist communists and they hate capitalism and they write about how bad capitalism they're hateful. Well, it's kind of free speech, right? If you want to get that in the mail, even if you want to pay for it, if it doesn't cross over a line, which is, you know, the kind of lines we'd know about uh, in fomenting insurrection or threatening violence or, or something that's uh, inappropriate, it's kind of protected. You can make the decision to pay $20 a month or $20 a year or tw- whatever number to a, 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 a Communist Party of America and get their, get their uh, terrible, terrible insights and, and, and directions in the mail, snail mail. Likewise, can you sign up for certain electronic apps that some of us think are bad for you, but you decide they're not? 
So some of us, me included, and remember, uh, Abigail Schreier was on the program last uh, week. She did an interview. Her book is uh, called Irreversible Damage, and it's uh, about the um, the efforts to have the transgender movement, especially targeting girls. And and her, I asked her, what do we do about it? And she said, the first thing we do about it is get our girls off of social media because it's damaging to them. So if you believe, like I do, that these social media giants are, are managing your neuro, the neuroscience of, of influencing you to be addicted and hooked and attentive to these uh, apps and to these services, that's what I believe. I, and I believe it, by the way, is true of the big uh, big um, media also, cable TV, CNN. As you know, I did a, a six-month stint as a contributor at CNN. I was up in their offices in New York for, for you know, four or five days a week, uh, three or four days a week, sometimes five days a week for weeks on end. And what I saw was they had a lot of money, and they were dial testing and testing what was effective. They were using all the technology to influence what you see and what you feel and, therefore, what you know and do. And it's even more writ large on the big tech. And you can't tell what they're doing to influence you. So what do we do about it? Right. What you need to know right now is Americans are being dominated by the big tech giants who are who have a vision for our lives. And they're not telling you what it is. The vision for our lives is the one that gives them the most opportunities for their business model, usually to make money, but also to grow it and to show growth so that they can get influence and get investors. A lot of times they're not making money yet, but they're showing growth so that they can get investors. So what you need to know now is we are being dominated. We're being dominated, but not just by TikTok, but we're being dominated by big tech. And the impact of it is just, it's clear when you see people who aren't well, and I don't want to just sound like a fuddy-duddy, by the way, who, you know, in the old days, someone would say, oh, the television's bad for you, that newfangled television. I'm not saying that. I mean, I am saying part of that. I'm saying look closely at the at the details that we were able to find out about TikTok, what they're doing and how they're doing it, and then broaden your thinking to the big tech and say to yourself, what are we going to do about it? So what you need to know is we are being dominated by big tech. Dominated. And the first thing we have to do is admit that, right? Understand it. We have to know it. We're getting that down. And then we have to figure out what we're going to do about it. And in the case of TikTok, I think we can ban it. In the case of um, Abigail Schreier last week, uh, about referring to her book on the pressure on young girls on transgender, it's get rid of social media. Some of it's going to be a change in our attitudes and our habits, but you can't change your attitudes and habits without identifying the problem and seeing the problem. Yesterday on the program, uh, uh, Tur- uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft identified the problem, voter fraud. What are we going to do about it is a question. In this case, what you need to know is the TikTok example, which I, I do hope we ban it. We're banning it because it's bad for America's health. True. I think it's bad for our national security. True. But what you need to know is big tech is dominating us like they've never done, like no one's done before. In terms of neuroscience, how we interact, how we how our bodies react, what we see becomes what we know, and it becomes what we believe and do. What we see becomes what we know to be true, and it, beca- and it, it becomes what we do. It's a lot at stake. It's a lot at stake. And what you need to know is that and what you need to do. So we have to rise up, identify the problem, be clear about it, and then take the kinds of steps. I'll talk about it later in the program to, to break ourselves from this, both in terms of the, the policy, public policy of our nation, as well as to break ourselves of the habit our, uh, uh, we're going through. And we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show and what you need to do. All right. It's Ed Martin. I'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Pro-America Report. Be right back. 
This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Mart here on the Pro-America Report. Our friend John Schlafly, one half of the Schlafly brothers who write the Schlafly Report each week, is with us again. And uh, John, your column this week is, uh, again, about hydroxychloroquine, which is very good. I want to talk to you about my assessment there. But you probably didn't listen as closely as I would prefer you did to my uh, rant on Wednesday on this topic in which I said when Peter Navarro wrote the column on Dr. Fauci, what he was saying was to Americans, be careful about experts that tell you canonically that they know what everything means. And so Dr. Fauci, who people will hold up as the definitive person, they say, you must listen to him. He's right. Well, uh, Navarro's point was he was wrong on this and this and this. And he lays that out. My point to you and and your mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, on issues like trade, on issues like um, uh, the uh, the what would happen when tariffs are employed. She was called out of the mainstream and the experts said, oh, tariffs would kill the economy. And uh, and and if you do something about free, you know, damaging free trade, it'll destroy the economy. Well, in three years, we've realized those experts who were canonical for 25 years are, are out the window. First, John, what, what do we do in a world where it looks like a lot of our experts are really wrong a lot? Well, the experts are, and that was, I think, the point that Peter Navarro has made. And Peter, Peter uh, you know, has been uh, warning against experts in his field, which is trade, and warning about China for a long time. And I think he's he's now seeing a kind of almost a cascade of people coming to that point of view, his point of view, Trump's point of view on China. More and more that is now becoming, uh, I hate to say, accepted or conventional wisdom that the United States is facing a new Cold War with China, that we cannot allow uh, China to um, support. Uh, supersede the United States on the world stage, which if we do nothing, that's what's happening. And unfortunately, the virus is accelerating that uh, because we've shut down our country, essentially, for a made-in-China cause. Well, and John, you know, your column earlier in the week, which is available over at townhall.com and also at phyllisafley.com that you and Andy wrote is about hydroxychloroquine. And what I what I tell people on this one is all the studies that were out earlier this week on that subject were all studies for people that were in the throes of the disease or at the end of their life, you know, when they were struggling. And all of them were done that way, and it didn't work, which is fine. But what you see, and I remember the Peru, I think it was the Peruvian uh, uh, president and then Donald Trump, is they used it as prophylaxis, and nobody tested that. So it's almost like they, they wanted to prove that it didn't work so they could say it didn't work. I, I guess, John, what's the history? Uh, what's your context as I read your column for whether, I know at the end uh, you say, well, Trump could overrule, not overrule, could you just say this? This is available. Is there is there a way that you can um, uh, describe how we should do it? And, you know, is it is it look, it's good for everybody. Why? And maybe why isn't that happening? Well, I, as much as we've heard about hydroxychloroquine and how President Trump himself took the drug uh, for prophylactic purposes, that means to ward off getting the virus. He was in contact with, you know, Trump sees hundreds of people every day and he's in Kent. Uh, he, they, and some people in the White House have caught it, but uh, 
but I don't think, Ed, Ed, that people to this day realize how difficult it is to get that drug, even though it's ought to be widely available and it's quite inexpensive because in most states, pharmacies have uh, put in restrictions, uh, that is the pharmacy boards have put in restrictions, that the drug will cannot be dispensed even with a doctor's prescription except to people who have tested positive for uh, coronavirus and are showing symptoms. And uh, But that defeats the whole purpose, as you say, because the what appears to be is that the value of that particular drug is to prevent you from coming down with serious symptoms if you've been exposed. And so, but people can't get it for that purpose now. And uh, so it needs to be put over the counter and perhaps in a lower dose so that people can get it. And there's no, don't have to run through the rigmarole of getting a doctor's prescription. The drug has been available, has been on the market now for I think 65 years. It is quite safe. Uh, There are a few side effects, but they're well understood, and there's really no reason why it can't be uh, made over-the-counter in a lower-dose version, just like many, many drugs have shifted from being prescription drugs to be over-the-counter drugs. And there are many brand, brand names that many people recognize, like, you know, Prevacid, and I can't name all of these drugs, but uh, I don't know the inhaler for asthma and a lot of things. So, and this should be in that category. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly, and he writes, of course, the weekly column, The Schlafly Report, with his brother Andy Schlafly. And um, uh, John, um, the column over is over at townhall.com and also at uh, uh, archived at phyllisschlafly.com. John, I want to shift gears. Yesterday I talked with uh, uh, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, and he. Um, he described what he worries about with the elections, and, and, and it won't surprise you, an election official is worried about the integrity, the, the logistics, and you know he, he, he interviews and, and speaks like a good engineer, uh, which I know you did a degree in engineer too, so you think that way uh, methodically. But he challenged everybody and said, look, more than ever, you've got to have people poll watching. You've got to have people in the space with the elections. I, and, and my point here is more and more of the basics of the, uh, I think, uh, are headed in the right direction for the president re-election and I we go into that I did it earlier in the show uh, but but I think the question of voter fraud and irregularities and all is really it's bigger than it's ever been you you know Phyllis Schlafly your mother wrote about that a few times a few well, more than a few times but a, a few times specifically I you know what's your sense of that you've written on it yourself I mean it, it, you see the growing threat and how significant is it what's your what's your thoughts I, I want to let you talk about it well, uh, of course, uh, uh, tr- Trump has uh, tweeted uh, several times about the dangers of mail voting. Now, the traditional absentee voting, as Trump says, is okay. We live with that. And uh, But this issue where a number of states are simply setting out ballots to, any, to, to the entire voter list, uh, which include many could include many people who are not eligible. But even if they send it out, as in one, one state, to people who have recently voted, um, still the volume of mail voting is so far beyond uh, what the election officials can tally accurately. And, and, and uh, when you said the whole process of our elections and voting and tabulating and counting should be watched by 
people from both parties to ensure that uh, everything stays honest. People need to be watched. If they're not watched, uh, they'll cut corners. And, uh, and yet there is no process in place for the public, for uh, ballot watchers from both parties to watch how mail voting, mail ballots are opened and counted. And this is a serious thing, and we've got to start looking into that. And I would encourage everyone to check with your local election official to see how you, how your listeners can participate in that process of ensuring that we have election integrity and that ballots are properly counted and and that um, and that the signatures are properly matched and that uh, if there's any evidence of tampering with the uh, ballot envelope that that ballot is thrown away and so forth <clears throat> Uh, we're talking with John Chaffley. Um, John, do you think I, I asked uh, this and Jay Ashcroft sort of said, well, I think your states have to do each what they want. But why couldn't there be a federal based on the fact that there has been sort of rampant f- uh, fraud in the last maybe 10 weeks? We've seen it in mail in ballots. We've seen, you know, there's a lot, a lot of questionable conduct, but there's been indictments in New Jersey and Pennsylvania's seen problems. Why couldn't there be under the under sort of uh, maybe the Justice Department, something that says in every jurisdiction where there's mail-in ballots it goes through the mail that makes it federal it's a presidential election that makes it federal you are required to make available uh you know that it could stream live the coverage of it so that we could you know have on the internet people who are sitting at home watching the process just this just the transparency might be a major deterrent i mean it might also be so difficult for people to do well it would be a problem but what do you think about something like that well, I think that's an excellent idea, and uh, you know there, there are cameras everywhere now, and every pictures are streamed on the internet. So I don't see why um, uh, the the uh, process of opening mail ballots and then counting them can't be uh, you can't have a camera watching the whole thing, and that people from both parties or just ordinary people in every community can watch that process. And it doesn't take a money, really. It doesn't take no, a lot of money no, 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 that. no, no, no. All the places that would have the have the uh, be counting would have Wi-Fi. I mean, you guarantee that. And so now you have someone with a smartphone, and you say, or, or you, or even you could even do it this way. You could say uh, the Department of Justice or somebody could say, look, we're requiring it to be accessible to someone who wants to. Then you just have to get someone there who holds their phone, right? And and again, I, I my experience of it, I, I'm kind of excited about this idea, is that. Half the battle is making people know that they could get caught because they ra- if you yes. raise the likelihood of being caught, they're probably going to say, yeah, that's not what the trouble. But if nobody's looking and the election authorities given a wink and a nod, why not? So uh, that maybe that's your next column, John. I'm here to help you with your column. I'm very, you know, I'm that kind of guy. Well, uh, thanks, Ed. I, I will consider <laughs> that. But let me let me put it to you that if you live in yeah. uh, a Democratic uh, county, which I think you do, uh, I do, why don't you be the guinea pig and try that out and see if you could get that set up at oh. the local level? Or if we really do need, you know, the, the Attorney a General rule. of the United yeah. States to basically force unwilling local officials now. to do that. 
John, I'm the host of the show. I get to tell people what they should do. It's not the other way around. I don't know how you. I don't know where you got off on that. Look at the look at the fine print of your uh, of your contributors agreement. All right, John, I got to run though. I got to cut you off if you're assigning tasks. Uh, thank you for the uh, for the input and of course phyllisschlafly.com. All of the Schlafly Report columns with John and Andy Schlafly are archived there. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And I'm really pleased to have our next guest, Brian Allman, who is a uh, fellow, a writing fellow over at uh, the National Pulse. The NationalPulse.com, you can go there. And I flagged this story that I saw, this column, uh, this commentary that he wrote. China-controlled TikTok is data collection service thinly veiled as a social network. Delete it now. Uh, and I thought, we got to talk about this. I, 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 the biggest reason I have to tell you, Brian, and I welcome you to the show, is I don't know how it is that this TikTok hasn't been banned by... Um, the American government. I mean, there's no, it's not a close call that this is a national security threat. And yet here we are. And let me say at Brian Allman on Twitter, again, I'll put it up on social media and all that. But so uh, welcome, Brian. And, and why is it that we haven't banned TikTok already? Hello, Ed. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. It's, um, you bet. It looks, as far as I understand, there has never been an app that has been banned at the government level, at least in the United States. And so that might be why they're hesitant, although it sounds like what uh, Attorney General Barr is talking about is they're looking very closely at possibly banning it in the next couple of weeks. Right. Uh, uh, why is it? Walk us through what uh, happens. The reason why, I mean, I've, I've just come to the conclusion I can't trust anything that uh, China does. But walk us through why is TikTok, what, what, what is TikTok doing and why do, is it so problematic? Walk us through your piece. All right. Well, TikTok, if you don't know, is a social media app that you can download on your phone. And you can either watch videos or record yourself and make a little video of your own. And what makes this one unique is its algorithm. It's really, um, it's really well designed to show you the videos that it thinks you're going to like. Uh, but there are several reasons that uh, we should all be concerned about it. Uh, the first one is data collection. It's bad enough that American companies like Google and Facebook, they're already sucking up every piece of personal data that they can. Uh, but here's a company that is you know, completely outside of our borders and outside of our control and, in fact, ultimately controlled by you know, another nation that has you know, engaged in other hostile acts toward us. Uh, in my article, I mentioned uh, a, a user on Reddit who reverse engineered the app and found that it's actually uh, collecting an order of magnitude more data than any of the other social media apps, and who knows what they're doing with it. Uh, there's also um, well the creepy factor. There's stories floating around of you know grown men using the app to connect with underage girls, getting them to do you know suggestive dances, and that is actually one of the reasons why India initially banned the app. Um, there's also censorship. Uh, TikTok claims they're independent of Chinese control, uh, control and influence. However, their parent company, ByteDance, was forced to remove an app that the Chinese Communist Party decided was vulgar. And not only that, but the founder of ByteDance and the creator of TikTok, uh, Zhang Yiming, was forced to write a public letter of apology to the people of China. And finally, the the last issue that I found with TikTok is it's possible use for propaganda. Uh, we had the Mueller investigation here in America spending millions of dollars of taxpayer money 
to figure out that some Russian agents bought a few Facebook ads. But TikTok has, you know, has a tremendously greater reach than, than those people. They, their algorithm decides what you see. And with just a few tweaks, they can show you whatever they want. And that can really subtly shape your worldview, especially for the millions of young people who are using the app. Uh, we're talking with Brian Alman, who I mentioned is a is a, uh, a writing fellow, National Pulse is a writing fellow for 2020 about his piece on TikTok. So if young and young people, the people who are using it, I, I hear this and I don't know. So you'll tell me the young people use it, right? It's popular with young people. And, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm going to go out of my uh, lane here, but certain other things were once popular with young people. They first loved MySpace. I'm, I'm not sure that's true, but they loved the vine they tend to go so is tiktok becoming popular with young people is it becoming popular more broadly is the threat in terms of i mean if you get a teenager who acts like a, a an idiot um and he you know as long as it's not illegal behavior and you, you alluded to some of that being an idiot is kind of what teenagers do and that's not as i don't feel threatened by the chinese government knowing that but what what more broad you know what are they what are they doing is it, is it expanding more i mean is it walk me through how it's a a bigger threat then well, I think TikTok's, uh, the reason it's so big now is because it's, uh, you know, like I said, that algorithm, they've really fine-tuned it, and people who use it find that after a few days, it, 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 it's, it's like it can read your mind and know exactly what, what sort of videos are going to make you laugh or entertain you. Hmm. Uh, and it is right. very popular with, uh, with the younger crowd. I mean, um, there, there was Vine in the past, which you could upload videos, but that really didn't take off, whereas this one did. Uh, it could just be timing uh it's it's just the right environment for this sort of thing uh one of the biggest differences between this and myspace and facebook and snapchat and all the other you know past social media fads is that this is the first time that it's um, a major app that is controlled by a non-american company Uh, and so i think that you know I i think we should all worry about data collection from social media apps across the board uh, but this adds right. an entirely new dimension to that question uh, well and and uh, and it's not just like it's not canada i mean uh, you know it's china i mean that's the other part of this that i you know is is uh is pretty clear i mean you know being totally serious if it was a, a nation that didn't have a sort of you know very you know outwardly uh, antagonistic uh view uh so is it possible, you mentioned actually, that maybe one of the reasons we haven't banned it is that we've never done that. There's never been a ban and it's going to be an interesting challenge. And imagine the day that they ban it, there'll be, you know, a million, two million, I don't know, five million, whatever number of million American kids are like, what? I can't believe it. Um, is, but is, is the, um, is the movement to, to un, to, uh, uh, delete the app, are people aware of it now? Is it, I mean, I got it all, I put it on my phone for about a week. No, it was probably more like two weeks to see it. Um, and, but then I, I deleted it. I do get from my friends, uh, buddies from college, one guy will send me TikTok talks that he sees, uh, Trump ones and all. So who, you know, are they going to, if you don't ban it, is there any way that it, it goes down in usage? Well, I think there will be some effect. I, I noticed when uh, I published the article for the National Pulse and it got shared around, I got a lot of feedback of people saying that they're deleting it or they're forcing their children to delete it. Uh, but honestly, uh-huh. that's kind of a drop in the bucket because this it, TikTok remains the number one social media app on both the Android and Apple app stores. 
it is it right. is really uh, really taken off. Um, and yeah, there there you mentioned possible resistance to a ban. And I was just reading that this morning, uh, Chuck Ross over at the Daily Caller had a story uh, about a former Trump campaign official who is now lobbying for TikTok. And it turns out he <laughs> um, started, uh, he, he registered as a lobbyist for ByteDance back in January, right about the same time that Congress was starting to investigate and the military was telling their bases to ban the app. And so there's going to be some you know, push back and forth to you know, figure out what to do about this. Well, and and uh, one I had another person who was protesting uh, uh, TikTok, and they were uh, you know they, they were telling me it's a bad thing, it's a bad thing, and they were saying why can't an American company uh, do something similar, you know, and, and is that is that a possibility? You know, the guy who runs it now, at least the CEO of the of TikTok itself, is an American, uh, uh, I guess, a former Disney official. Uh, but you know, in places like India, they they banned it, right? They just said we're banning it, period, and that's the end of that. They have a little bit different uh, mindset. Um, you know, I, your point is a good one. Will will Congress step up? Probably not. So is it, it would the would the reason to ban it have to be national security? Is that the way they'd have to do it? Do you think, or has it gotten that far yet? Um, I'm not sure how they would uh, go forward with it because, um, you know, like I said, they've never banned an app before, and it's yeah. you know, really the, the way our uh, the way our you know freedoms work in the country. It's it, it's. I kind of see it as one of the really confusing effects of globalism because, you know, so many lines are crossed and so many borders are being erased that it's hard to know exactly what to do about something like this. Uh, this, you know, it could be a national security issue. It could be a privacy issue. It could be a you know propaganda issue. Uh, if, you know, they could indict some number different guys ways. for buying some Facebook ads. So, you know, maybe they could do <laughs> yeah, something that's about right. this. One of, one of the most promising <laughs> ideas it. I saw was um, that the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States is investigating TikTok because of the, the way ByteDance purchased Musical.ly, which was an American company. And that's actually how they huh. got into the American market, by purchasing this existing company mm. and integrating the software. And apparently what could happen is that they could force TikTok to be spun off into its own company separate from ByteDance and therefore outside of Chinese control. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I got to I gotta wrap up. Uh, Brian Allman, thank you. Over the National Pulse, edited, of course, by our old friend Raheem Kassam. Appreciate it very much. TikTok, we're watching. I hope, they, uh, I hope they ban it. I don't know how they will. We'll talk more about it. Thanks very much. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. President Trump made a smart move by not letting Democrats get away with giving stimulus checks to illegal immigrants. However, some liberals are trying to get around this by offering free money to illegals on their own. The state of California was one of the first to decide to give these handouts. Colleges like the University of Washington and the University of Colorado are doing the same thing. It should not come as a surprise to anyone that liberal enclaves like California and the academic elites are pulling crazy stunts like this. But it's clearly outside the mainstream. A survey by the Pew Research Center found that only 37% of Americans want to provide help to undocumented immigrants in light of COVID-19. Even Democrats favor it by just 56%. 
Clearly, the only people who actually want to give out money to illegals are the kind of money-grows-on-trees liberals who favor just about any handout Big Brother will provide. Yet the politically correct dogma of multiculturalism doesn't care what the American people actually want. Politicians who support giving stimulus checks to illegal immigrants are completely out of touch with the people who pay the taxes that fund these stimulus checks. It might not be politically correct to say this, but we can't cater to illegals if we're going to stop the flow coming across our southern border. If you dish out checks the size of a Guatemalan's month's salary as a reward to people who break our laws by coming here, should we be surprised when more of them decide to come? That doesn't just apply to COVID-19 stimulus checks either. The same could be said of any of the dozens of federal government handouts. I'm totally in favor of building a big, beautiful wall on our southern border. But we can't stop there. We need to create a political system that favors the rights of American citizens, including legal immigrants, while discouraging illegal immigrants from flouting the laws to take what doesn't belong to them. That's why the American people don't want free money for illegal immigrants. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here. Uh, back. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, those are great interviews. Again, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and track those interviews down if you want to follow up, uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Uh, and so listen, I, we get to, I just got a little bit of time. We're going into the weekend. I got a few minutes left. Let me just tell you, you know, what you need to do, and I'm hearing from people that are on the daily email I send out. They're sending me responses, and they're interested in what we're doing. I'm hearing from them, hey, Ed, how do we handle this? What do we do? How can we move forward? Here, we got to take the steps. I hate to sound like every day when we do this program, or if you listen as a podcast, we got a beginning of the program, what you need to know. We have two interviews, books, people, politicos, and then what you need to do. What you need to know, finish with what you need to do. In this case, when you listen to TikTok, the, the reality of TikTok, and, and you understand the reality of big tech, it's time for us to do two things. One is we have to continue what guys like Josh Hawley have done and others, which is demand that big tech become accountable. Demand that big tech become transparent. If we have to change the law, change the law. If we have to regulate, regulate. I mean, I, we can't be afraid of that because we'll lose the country. This isn't a, this isn't a minor thing. This isn't just about say market share or something. We're not just losing market share or some sort of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, precious resource, of gold or silver. This is American people. So those are that number one thing. What you need to do is we need to ask our leaders and hold them accountable that this is a problem. Leaders need to know that this is a problem, and they need to follow uh, to, uh, uh, through. Uh, as guys like Holly did. All right, so that's that's one thing. But the second thing is, we got to start a movement. I hate to go more specific to our Unplug America, what we talked about last week, is you've got to break the dependency on it. You've got to help. And you know, you say, well, you're listening, and you say, well, I don't know anything about it. You, you got to start talking to your kids or grandkids. You got to start talking. To, maybe it's you, but we got to. We have to realize that we're compromising not just our our personal data. Most people don't really worry about their personal data. They think they'll get protected. 
It's really funny. You know, everyone says, oh, no, no, we don't want privacy, privacy, privacy. Somehow, when it comes, push comes to shove, they still sign up and allow people to look at their the, the cookies. They use cookies and look at the data when they go to a website or an app that has access to your contacts, all these things. So, but, but if the first thing is we've got to get elected officials and public officials to understand the problem and hold big tech accountable, we're seeing that, Josh Hawley, others. The second thing is we have to take responsibility in our lives. And whether if you're a church leader, you've got to lead your people. You can't pretend it's something else, someone else's area. If you're a school teacher, you've got to lead your students. If you're a parent, you've got to lead your kids. If you're a neighbor, you've got to lead your neighbors. This is a all-out assault. When I say we're being dominated by big tech, I'm not, it's, not a, it's not a term of art. We're, dom- we're being dominated. And we've got to do something about it. We have to do it together. That's what you need to do. All right, so uh, let's step up into that. And again, go back and listen to that Brian Almond interview from earlier in the program. Very powerful stuff. Okay. Uh, by the way, he's a young kid. He's a young writer, maybe 20s, and he was nervous to do that interview. He did a great job. He's going to be uh, a, he's a good writer. He's going to be an important voice. So good for you, Brian. Appreciate it very much. All right. Visit uh, ProAmericaReport.com to follow everything and uh, track things down. Sign up. TheAnswerSanDiego.com has the show as a podcast also. Thank you to Noah, our fearless technical director, for being back in the saddle. We missed him. He was uh, on, locate, on, what do they call it? on assignment for a little while, and he's been back. He's a great ally. Noah, thank you for what you do and for who you are. And uh, thank you also to Joanna from our team for helping book folks. Looking forward already to talking with you Monday. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday.